Thanks for tuning in to the Glenridge Church message. Our mission is to love God, love people, and live to change the world. If we can help you in any way at all, feel free to reach out to us on hello at glenridge.org.za. Hi there, guys. Great to be with you again this morning. And uh, what, a, what an amazing testimony that is from Herbert. I just uh, sat there watching it again now, just absolutely blown away by the faithfulness of God. But also the faithfulness of this community in helping people and, and ensuring that people get to where they've got to go in God. We need each other so badly. And uh, it's the little things, the help, it's the, it's, the, it's the encouragement, it's the unlocking of an opportunity or something that kind of gets people on their way. And now Herbert and Talent have got this beautiful business and he's got orders all over the place. And uh, what an absolute awesome story that is. Um, what I want to talk about today is we've, we've, we've had, beginning of January, 3rd of January, I think it was, I spoke out of Isaiah 61, and I spoke about uh, us being rebuilders and restorers, and that Jesus has done an amazing work, the spirit of the, anoint, uh, spirit of the Lord was upon him to do some incredible things, basically to bring redemption to all of the world. And uh, it goes on to say that actually we will be called... Um, oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord uh, just for the display of his splendor. So, so kind of there's a job that he does and then there's a job that we got to do. And we've got to be faithful to that. And part of that job, it goes on to say in verse, verse 4, is that we will be rebuilders and restorers of places long devastated. Some translations say um, where devastation has been for generations. So, so God has called the church. God has done his part. And then he's anointed us. He's put something on us to continue the work that he started. And part of that work is rebuilding and restoring. Last week I spoke about out of Matthew chapter 9, end of chapter 9, going into 10, 9 verse 35 to 38. And it talks about there that Jesus was, looked at the crowds and he saw that they were helpless and they were harassed like sheep without a shepherd. And he goes on to say that the harvest is plentiful, the harvest is ripe, um, and he says, ask the Lord of the harvest to, to raise up harvesters for his harvest. And so we have this other, so it was rebuilders and restorers, and now we have this other couplet, which is shepherds and harvesters, shepherds and harvesters. So I think these are all things that God is trying to activate in the church. Friends, we're in the midst of a pandemic. There's all sorts of stuff that we have absolutely no control over. If you look at the American political situation and you see the way the church has responded there, and I don't think it's unique to America, is people have put their faith in Trump or Biden into some government system that the hope is in the government, it's the hope is in politics, the hope is if we could just get the right rulership in place, then things are going to be okay. And I want to say to you, friends, our agency with, with politics is very, very limited. But our agency in the kingdom of God is unlimited. And so actually we don't put our faith in governments to make good calls. We put our faith in Jesus who sits at the throne and says, I'm making you an oak of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, a display of my splendor. You're going to be rebuilders and restorers. It's amazing. He doesn't say to the government, you're going to be rebuilders and restorers. He says to the people of God, you will be rebuilders and restorers. You'll be shepherds, and you'll be harvesters. And I want to look at another couplet, which I think is absolutely key 
There's three, those two, and then this, the third one that I want to have a look at today. Because, friends, God at this time, people are in loss, people, people are, are struggling in businesses, people are, are, are struggling with losing loved ones. It's been, a, it's been an absolutely insane time. It's just what's going, we don't know what's happening, are we going to lock down again, is there a third wave coming? Friends, I cannot, can I say to us at this time, what we've got to do is we've got to get our eyes off what's going on around us, get our eyes off the storm, and put our eyes back onto Jesus, because Jesus is asking us to walk on water at this time. Jesus is asking us to walk on water at this time, to be rebuilders and restorers, to be shepherds and harvesters, and my third couplet, which also comes out of Isaiah 61, to be priests and ministers. And Shepherds and harvesters, rebuilders and restorers, priests and ministers. I want to look at priests and ministers today, just very quickly. But friends, what we've got to do is we've got to get our eyes off of the storm. This is not a time to be focusing on the storm. This is not a time to be looking at government and, and, and rating them. And you know what? People in South Africa just think, if we could just get rid of the ANC, then everything in South Africa would be fine. And maybe that there's some truth to that. Friends, but I wanna, can I tell you right now, things are still not going to be fine. Whoever's there, it's not going to be fine. Our, our faith, friends, is not in a government. Our friends is in the kingdom of God, pursuing his kingdom and his righteousness and doing, playing the part that we call to play as churches. Because whatever government is in place, whatever government is in place, there will be corruption. Whatever government is in place, there will be decisions to make and, and things to do that you will not agree with, we will not agree with, the church will not agree with. But friends, when we lock into what God is doing in the kingdom, through the kingdom, the kingdom is coming even in the midst of a pandemic, as we keep on saying, man, we can, we've got agency there. We've got, we, can, we can make a difference there. And it's not the big things, friends, it's the small things. And so I want to look at this morning, I want to put our eyes, take our eyes off of... Uh, off of the storm and continue to talk about rebuilders, restorers, shepherds, harvesters, priests, and ministers. It's quite amazing, and just flipping back to Matthew chapter 9, um, where he says that you'll be uh, asked the Lord of the harvest to send out harvesters into the field. It goes then into Matthew chapter 10, and he, and he says this. He says, um, Matthew chapter 10, verse, where is it now? Missed it, missed it, missed it. It says there, it talks about Jesus Calling the twelve to him, calling the twelve to him, it says in Matthew chapter 10 verse 1, Jesus called the twelve to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. So he says, actually ask the Lord for the harvest, the Lord of the harvest to raise up harvesters. And then he says to them now, he gives them authority to go and do some work. Friends, and you see, this is, this is what I'm trying to get at here is we have authority to get on to do some work. He's given, he gave them authority to drive out demons, demon spirits and to, bring, to, to heal disease and to continue the work that he was doing. What they were watching him do, he says, now actually you go and do it. And friends, that is still the mandate of the church. So remember, I want you, uh, these six words, uh, rebuilders and restorers, shepherds and harvesters, priests and ministers. These are key words in this season as we continue to contemplate what God wants us to do and how God wants us to build in these next days. So, 
This is what it says in Isaiah 61 verse 4. I'll, I'll talk about the rebuilders and restorers again. They shall build up ancient ruins. This is where rebuilders comes from. They shall raise up former devastations. They shall repair ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. So depending on the translation, this is the ESV. I like the ESV the way they do chapter verses 5 and 6. That's why I'm using it. But in other translations, it says you'll be called rebuilders and you'll be called restorers. This is the text. Straight after that, it goes on to say, strangers shall stand and tend your flocks. Foreigners shall be your plowmen and vine dressers. But you shall be called the priests of the Lord. They, this is key, they, meaning those strangers and foreigners that are tending to your flocks, that are your plowmen and your vine dressers, they shall speak of you as the ministers of our God. And you shall eat the wealth of the nations and in their glory and in their wealth you shall boast. It's very incredible. He goes on to say, not only will you be oaks of righteousness, not only will you be rebuilders and restorers, but actually you're going you're to form a relationship with those around you, foreigners, those that don't believe in the same God as you. You can easily, you can easily look at that verse. In fact, I've often looked at that verse thinking, this is like vengeance time, it's revenge time. You, we were slaves to you, but you know what? God's going to reverse it, and you're going to be we're going to be you're going to be slaves to us. So you were slave owners once, and we were slaves. And what we're going to do is we're going to be the slave owners, and you're going to be slaves. Friends, surely that is not what God means here. This is this is not the heart of God. He's not going to replace one slave owner with another. He's going to replace one slave owner with somebody else that brings life, liberty, and freedom and prosperity to the city in which they live, which Jeremiah asks the people of God too. So I don't think this is a, this is not a payback verse. This is not a payback verse. I think this is a verse where God says to the, you, you're, what I'm doing in you is going to be so different to, you. they treated you one way, you're not going to treat them the same way. You, they treated you like aliens, you're not going to treat them like aliens. What you're going to do is you're going to embrace their skills. You're going to bring them in. The foreigners, those that don't know God, the people that don't follow the same moral compass, the same, actually, you're going to rub shoulders with them. You're going to find them in the marketplace, plowmen, vine dressers, and, and the like. Are you going to rub shoulders with these guys in the marketplace? And you're going to be in the world, but not of the world. That's what Jesus says. This is my people. My people are going to be in there. They're, going to, they're never going to be isolated. We're, going to, we're never going to go and find a holy huddle on a hill and, and kind of try to shine our light. No, we're going to be the church that gathers together periodically on a Sunday, generally in today's time. But we're going to then scatter into the communities and we're going to work alongside people. And we're going to have impact in their lives. And we're going to be working with them, alongside them, for them, with them. And they're going to be working for us. And much of your evangelism is going to happen in the workplace. And you're, you're going to live such a life that they are going to say of you, you are a priest of God. They are going to say of you, you're a minister of our God. We're not going to go into the workplace like so often happens and say, you know what, I'm a Christian. You're just going to get on with the job and they're going to say to you, hey man, what's wrong? With, what's different with you? It's like you're a priest. It's like you're a minister. Are you a minister? You see, friends, what God is calling us to in this time is not to shrink back, 
but to step forward into the very thing that he's called us to do. The priesthood of all believers is one of, one of those things that the Reformation in the 1600s brought back to the church. We are all priests. We don't need a priest to hear God for ourselves. To, to hear, we can hear God for ourselves. We don't, we, we have, we, and, and, and kind of this has been something that's been preached in this church for so long. And it's a priesthood of all believers. And people need to see themselves as somebody that can hear God, that, are, that can operate in the gifts of the Spirit, can minister, that can, can do what's required in the moment. It doesn't need somebody with a special anointing to come and do something. Actually, you carry anointing to get on and do the job. But there's this other part of our priesthood where actually we're living in the, in the marketplace and rubbing shoulders and working with and seeing God work amongst us and seeing our, great, our, our, our faith community, our churches, grow through the marketplace. Through the, I really believe, if I look at this text and see what God's prophetically doing, God is wanting to be put together rebuilders and restorers. He wants to put shepherds and harvesters in place. But he wants to put priests and ministers operating not on a Sunday, not just on a Sunday. Let me say it like that. Not just in your home group, not just in a prayer meeting, but actually in the marketplace with the men and women that rub shoulders alongside us. And friends, I, I believe that's where the next growth is going to come in the church. As men and women take their rightful place as priests and ministers of God operating, as we see in this text. It is a, it is a phenomenal thing, friends, that we, we do our work in such a way. And it's, just not, it's not about just doing a good job. It's about how we do the good job. Because you can do a great job and be fighting with everybody. Your boss likes you, but the rest of the company hates you. Or we can do a good job, but enable ability to build teams, a, 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 an ethic of love where people are more important than bottom lines, and actually people are more important than the job, and we kind of get the job done, but we're actually able to, we're able to do it in a very special way, that we are regarded as priests by those with whom we work regarded as, as, as those people that know how to mediate the blessing of God. That's what a priest did. They could mediate the blessing of God. Have you thought of yourself in the marketplace, which is where we spend eight hours a day at least, as a mediator of the blessing of God? And we begin to do this or we begin to live this to such a point that others recognize it and call us that. What about if we, if we recognized as those that act on behalf of God, ministers? Some translations say servants. Where we actually, they recognize, man, are, are you a servant of God? Friends, please, that's not the, not the religious way. Not that I, I wear, and I wear a, I've got a fish on the back of my car, and, I've, and I walk around with a Bible every five minutes. I'm talking about the way we live and the way we talk and the way we treat people and the way we operate and the way we see life differently and the worldview with which we approach things and the hope with which we bring and the joy and the life with which we live. That's the key to this season. But it requires us to be priests and ministers in this time and to take up our place as priests and ministers. So I want to ask you this question. What do people call us at work? What do people call you at work? Do they call you boss? Do they call you idiot? I don't know. 
What do they call you? It's important what people call you at work. If I look at this text. Ask this question. How do people speak of us in our workplaces? What's our reputation? What's our reputation as we do business? What's our reputation? How do people speak of us? Have we got a reputation at work as, man, I want to do business with them. I don't care if you're a little bit more expensive, but I want to do business with you because you've got ethics. You say what you say, or you mean what you say, and you do what you, uh, what you say you're going to do. The, all those sorts of things. There's integrity. I can trust you. I can ask you to come and do a price. I don't even have to, get a, uh, to come and get a job. I don't even have to get a price because I know you're not going to rip me off. Priests and ministers. Priests and ministers. Not just on a Sunday. Not just in our, in, our, in our Christian circles, but out there in the world. Because God wants, to, wants us to be in the world, but not of the world. He wants us to be, he never wants us to be isolated, but he does want us to be insulated. So we don't become like them, they become like us. We influence that way, they don't influence this way. So we're there, but we're insulated from, we want the antibodies, friends. We want good Christian antibodies that actually know when something bad is coming in and we reject it. And we can defend against these things and we, and we continue to live our lives of love in a powerful way before God, displaying His splendor. Remember, we are a display of His splendor. And one of the ways we display our, our splendor at this time is being priests and ministers in the marketplace. How do you get the job done? Do we get the job done? Have we got a reputation if you ask that guy, he will do it. I don't have to ask again. Do we have a reputation how we get the job done? Actually, if there's a problem in the office, just speak to them. They'll help you sort it out. It's like you become the pastor of the office. You, you, you become the one that actually people come to when they're in trouble. Priests and ministers. Not everybody's gifted like that, but some of us are. Are we examples in the marketplace? Are we examples in the marketplace? Are we, are we living a life that people want to emulate? Are we living a life where people want to be with us? Want to be working for you? They love to work for you. There's a company to work for. Go and work for that guy because actually he'll treat you well and he'll pay you fairly and you'll be, you'll be, you'll be blessed. Do we mediate the blessing of God or do we consume the blessing of God? Because you see, part of this being a minister or, the, or this, this priest is to mediate the blessing of God. The very nature of a priest is I get blessed and so I bless. Or do we own companies that consume the blessing of God? Actually, what God wants to do as priests and ministers, it's part of our priestly function, friends, to mediate the blessing of God. I've, I've recently been reading a book called Quakonomics. And it's a, it's a term that this guy, um, his name is Smith, somebody Smith, that wrote this book. And he looks at the Quakers and how they started and where they went and all the businesses that they were in and try to understand the ethics of the Quakers. So, so the Quakers, for those that don't know, were, were 100 years, 200 years ago, and they, they were these believers that were radically hard after God. And um, they were, he explains in the book how these guys were absolute capitalists, like they, they were there to make a profit. However, 
it was undergirded by this ethic of love. So the profit that they made was never for them. It was actually always for others. And so they built their staff houses. They built housing complexes. They, 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 they put pensions in place when those things were never part of the, the story. They put medical insurances in place when that was never part of the story because they saw the fact that they were given a business. Not just they saw themselves blessed because they had a business. They didn't see themselves blessed because they were making money. The fact that they had a business, their first question was, God, how do I use this to steward the blessing of God to others? They weren't there to lose money, friends. They weren't there. They were there to make money. They were there to make a profit. But the profit was to be mediated through them as a blessing of others, not to be consumed by them. Are we as priests and ministers in this time, as business owners, do we mediate blessing or do we consume it? Is one of the questions I think we need to ask ourselves in this time. Friends, what do people say about us? How do people regard us? Whether you're an employee or whether you're an employer. Man, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I'm fascinated by this. When somebody comes and you, you kind of are wanting to do business with somebody, and the first thing they come because they know you're a pastor, they know you're a Christian, they'll come and say, Yo, actually, I run a, a, a kingdom business. I don't even know if there is such a thing as a kingdom business. I know there's people in the kingdom that steward their lives, not just their businesses, their families, and all that they've got towards the blessing of God. But when somebody has to say to me, hey, you know what, I run a kingdom business, straight away I'm thinking, hang on now, why do you have to tell me that? Why don't you just live it? Because very short, I will notice, you'll pick it up. The Spirit of God witnesses with you straight away whether somebody's got an ethic or not. And sadly, many people that don't know Jesus have got a better ethic than many of us in the church. And what we need to do in this time is to recover our place as priests and ministers and begin to operate in the marketplace well. Not just in the church, not just dispensing our, church, our gifts within the life of a church, but actually out there in amongst people that the growth of the church comes from the marketplace where you and I are all I'm in the church. I work in the church. But for most people, they're out there in living their life in amongst the people of this world. Who God says, they will be your plowmen. They'll be your vine dressers. But they will call you priests and ministers of God. Friends, God is calling us at this time to rebuild us. And what I want to do over the next little while is to unpack some of these things. So what does it mean? What does it look like to be a rebuilder? God's calling us to be a rebuilder which means that we make a generational difference. We make a difference. You build something. There's a difference between blessing and building. Blessing is a moment. Building is a blessing that continues to. It's something that you set up that continues to bless. We are called to be rebuilders of places long devastated. We are also called to be restorers, which means we have redemptive hearts, which means we see people's created value which means we don't see the destruction, we see what it could be. We see the prophetic promise of God over people's lives, over situations, over cities, over businesses, over families, all those sorts of things. We are restorers. God is a restorer. When things were lost in Genesis, in the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve, he didn't just start again, he was a restorer. He redeemed, he restored things. Rebuilders and restorers. We are shepherds. 
We are those that care. We carry an ethic of love. And we lay down our lives for our brothers because of love. It is the season that the church needs to be rising up and now. We are harvesters. And a harvester is being at the right place at the right time to, 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 be, to, to reap the harvest, to be at the right place at the right time. And knowing that we have the authority of God, he sent them out with authority to heal the sick and to cast out demons, it says in Matthew chapter 10. We are harvesters. We have the authority, the delegated authority under God to go before him and to go out and to be at the right place at the right time by his divine leading. We are harvesters. We are priests. We have the ability to mediate the presence and the blessing of God to others. We have the ability to be the right gift at the right time. Do you believe that of you? You have the same Holy Spirit living in you as I have, as Kwabena has, as Matt has, as Heather has, as Justin Fasaki has. We all have the same God, the same Father, the same Spirit of Holy Spirit, the same powerful, resident Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. We are called to be priests. Do we believe that and take our place in that? We are called to be ministers, servant-hearted leaders, servant-hearted men and women, where we serve people and love people into the kingdom, not beat them and bash them into the kingdom. I trust that these three couplets, rebuilders and restorers, shepherds and harvesters, priests and ministers, will be something that the church will start to lead forward into and start to stretch ourselves into in this time, friends. God has called the king. The kingdom of God is coming. We've got to pursue him and his righteousness and let him take care of the rest. We have, we have, we've got limited agency with politics and politicians and governments, but man, we've got unlimited agency with the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which we live under. Bless you and have an incredible day. Trust, go and be a priest, go and be a minister, and allow God to use you powerfully. Amen.